Ladies and gentlemen, the boys are back. Let's go. Welcome back to FM Sports. Now, in this week's episode, we'll discuss the games that matter to you most in the NFL, starting with our Florida teams, of course. Our picks for the upcoming week. Now, you're going to want to hear my picks as I'm currently picking 70% for the year. We go over the top waiver wire picks to get you ready for the final week in fantasy football as you prepare for the playoffs. We briefly take a swing at college football playoffs as we have our top four. Did the college football committee get it right? And we close out the show with another look at the Orlando Magic, the Miami Heat, and the rest of the NBA. This is Florida Man Sports. Boom. Another great week of sports. You ready for today, Chris? Let's rock and roll, baby. Now, did you start your uh, your Christmas shopping yet? No. Nobody cares because we are here to discuss the sporting news from last week, <laughs> starting with your Tampa Bay squad, who faced arguably the worst team in the NFL. They barely hold on to a win. Tell me about the game, Chris. You know, I was going to tell you what I bought you for Christmas, but now <laughs> you get nothing. All right, Bucks win, folks, 21-18, and... Johnny, I want to be excited. I want to be happy because, you know, a win is a win, I guess you can say. But we kind of just squeaked one by. The Panthers are 1-10, are now 1-11. They're 0-7 they're away record. It was a game that we were supposed to win, but we just slightly won. It's not something that I want to just rejoice about and say, oh, yeah, we win. No, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, I just, I guess I just want to give credit to Mike Evans at this point. A thousand yards receiving, right? Great stat. Ten years in a row, over a thousand yards. Uh, at thirty years old, he's projected fourteen hundred and twenty-four yards this season. That that'll be second most for his career. He did have one year in twenty eighteen with fifteen hundred yards. He could surpass that this year. So definitely, I guess that's a good takeaway. The Mayfield Evans connection is the real deal. And uh, give some credit to Winfield uh, with the interception in the fourth with two minutes left. So wins a win, Johnny. Uh, Bucks one game behind Atlanta now for the division lead. I wouldn't say that the Mayfield Evans connections that Evans with anybody throwing to him has obviously has been there. This is actually a real thing, unlike your picket to picket things. The uh, the highlight here. Right, I like how you brought it up first. The highlight here is that what you just previously mentioned, the future Hall of Famer Mike Evans scores on a 74-yard pass and gets his 10th straight 1,000-yard season. Yes. Um, frankly, all Tampa fans better praise Tom Brady. Starting oh, early, starting early, starting early. Start Jesus. Early. This is why people do. For <laughs> coming to the Bucks oh, and got God. this guy a Jesus. ring, it would have been incredibly unfortunate if a guy of this caliber retired without one championship and now he doesn't have to do what Julio Jones is doing and chasing a ring with his talents long gone. The stats besides this one aren't important, but Carolina controlled much of this game. Uh, they led the time of possession battle, 34-26. to 26. They outrushed the Yacht Boys, 133-126, to 126, and anyone could have won this game. It really puts in perspective to every delusional Tampa If you're going to find a way to knock me down when we win, I already gave us semi-credit. What are you doing? Is, is this... Is this your first time listening to Jesus the show? Jesus Christ. <laughs> because I'm going to go ahead and knock you in if they win. Because this is going to... Like I'm saying, you guys, Tampa fans, it's okay to root for your team. But it's not being delusional. And this game like this puts things in perspective towards like, you guys are not playoff team. They're not. They, you guys would be right next to, you know, Carolina, New England, and Cardinals in Chicago, the bottom of the barrel, if you didn't play in the division you play in and give yourself a shot in the playoffs. But your team can't compete 
with anyone of reverence. So I was trying to be respectable, but since you want to beat us down, I will say this to Tampa fans out there that are listening. Don't listen to Johnny. The guy's just hurting because his Patriots can't can't do anything this year. We know that already. But here's okay. the facts. The fact is we have five people on defense out. So give us credit there as well. Hopefully this week we need to get healthy and fast. And uh, maybe we'll set it up for another episode. We're going to debate this. But Super Bowl or no Super Bowl, Johnny, Mike Evans is a first ballot Hall of Famer without the Super Bowl. We can debate that another day. There's no, there's just no doubt receiving yards are there. So No, there is no doubt that Evans is a future Hall of Famer. There's no need to debate it. It's 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 without a doubt. Yeah, but what you said is wrong. Hall with, of with Famer. Brady and the Super Bowl and this and that. No, he's he's what, in there no matter what. I, I'm not saying what I'm saying. Obviously, you didn't understand what I was saying was that thank God that the greatest QB of all time, coming from the greatest franchise that's ever been known in the NFL. God, I can't believe I brought you back again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> came to Tampa Bay because. He played, he did what Tom Brady does, and got your organization a ring. More importantly, got Mike Evans a ring. I'm okay. saying it's very, I'm, I'm grateful, as all Tampa fans should be grateful, that Brady came and did his thing because it got Evans a ring. And it would have been a shame of a guy of his caliber, his talent, go through his whole career and not win a ring because Tampa's not winning a ring anytime soon. Okay. Uh, neither the Patriots. The Patriots, we'll yeah, discuss, exactly. we'll, yeah. we'll discuss that with, later on Nobody in the show. Cares. Now that we discussed the worst of our Florida teams, let's discuss the very best that Florida has to offer here in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins. They took on the Washington Commanders, put on a whooping on them, just like I told you they would in the couple last week's show. Now tell me about the game, Chris. Yeah, this is the kind of game that I wish the Bucks would have, right? When they're playing the Panthers, 45 to 15, 406 total yards compared to 245 by Washington. Uh, 21st downs compared to 11, 123 yards rushing. So just a great balance for this Dolphins team. And don't and you know whether you like it or not, I've been very critical of the the teams that they're playing this year, Johnny. But whether you like it or not, the Dolphins are nine and three for the first time since 2001. Give a lot of credit to five for 157 yards, two touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, uh, the guy. Man, if you really watch this game, short balls because they're not perfect balls. Short balls, he's catching them. Long balls, he's catching them. And of course, he's just doing everything that he needs to do to have that offensive um, offensive. Not not what is it? Offensive uh, player of the year. Player of the year. Thank you. Offensive player of the year award. Just give it to him now. And then on the other side, Sam Howell, league leading fourteen interceptions after this one. It's not going to bode well for him. I don't think he's the future for that Washington Commander team, Johnny. I mean, it's his first year for the public's GM, known as uh, Sam Howell. But um, it doesn't matter. You mentioned a couple of things about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill can run any route. There's not a route whether it's uh, you're saying that they weren't perfect. The balls, many of the balls were perfect, but a short route can easily go 60, 70 yards as we see in this game. Oh yeah. You know he can do the deep pass. He can do everything. Whether it's a he can do everything that a, a Randy Moss can do and a Wes Welker. He can run the little slot passes yep. here. He can run the deep routes. It doesn't matter. This guy who should be the MVP this year, just like I told you last week, he had those two touchdowns, 157 yards receiving, like you mentioned. You know, the, the Dolphins are 9-3. You know, it's been the first time, like you said, about been over tw- for 20 years. But they're starting to pull away with the AFC East, just like I told you in the preseason. Miami's defense is getting better and better every week. Getting Miami healthy. dominated every aspect of this game. I expect them to continue to play well for the rest of the year. I see them maybe, like I mentioned previously, losing one more game the rest of the season. The AFC East title is theirs to lose. Now, while everyone's talking about the Niners, the Eagles, rightfully so, yeah, the Chiefs as well, the Dolphins can make some noise. The Dolphins can beat anyone. I feel that they can. They're getting everything going. 
They're gonna go ahead and they're gonna get everything ready. They're gonna everything is moving in the right direction. Everything's going to start to run on all cylinders by the time the playoffs come around. Just like I said in July, the Miami Dolphins are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, especially if they're playing at home. They got a good home record. Yes, but that's still, you have to get the number one overall seed. Right. Uh, the Chiefs are helping them out with that, but um, that's another story. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they took on the Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals, lost a tough one, an overtime battle, and in his first start ever, Jake Browning shocked everyone who stole the spotlight. What happened here, Chris? Yeah, basically Browning did his best Joe Burrow impression, right? 27-year-old. 354 yards passing he throws and runs for a touchdown just an unbelievable performance by jake browning and if you watch this game you got a guy who's cool calm collected playing what's supposed to be uh to be a good team in their home right so smart plays he bounced back from the game against pittsburgh and he was just doing what was asked for him so definitely got to give credit when it's due there kid answered the call for the cincinnati Bengals, and uh, and for the jags you, you talk about a missed opportunity and with Lawrence getting hurt, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's just insult to injury for me, Johnny. They started the game with hopes of being number one in the division. Couldn't put the Bengals away. Now with that ankle sprain, how long will Lawrence be out? That's going to be the question. Um, the overtime flag that killed the Jaguars, if you watch this game, instead of being at the goal line, it became third and long, gave the Bengals the ball back. And, of course, the rest is history. And so for me, the big question is the playoff picture in the AFC South, Johnny. The Jags are just one game ahead now. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts. I can't believe I'm saying this. They're both seven and five. This is just the worst thing that could have happened to the Jaguars in this game. And uh, this one's going to hurt for a long. I mean, he's going to be gone for at least what two, three weeks. I mean, it's it's going to be at least that. It's yeah. going to be interesting what this kid's going to do. His backup, but the story of this particular game, besides the injury to Trevor Lawrence, I mean, 32 for 37, 354 yards. Mm-hmm. Browning threw almost 40 passes, had five incompletions, 350 yards plus. That's impressive. You know, the Bengals ran all over this defense for 156 yards. The Jags struggled on the ground. Lawrence got hurt late in the fourth, and it was up to C.J. Brethard, Brethard, whatever they call it, who we all recognize. You know, we all know who's going to be lights out when he came in. Nah, I'm kidding. We all knew. Listen, he went nine for ten. <laughs> Poor guy. He, got he, a break. he went nine for ten for 63 yards, but he couldn't make the plays necessary to win the game. And frankly, no one was really expecting him to. Once Lawrence went out, we knew the Jags were losing this game, but right. they had their chances. Even getting the ball in overtime first, uh, disappointing loss by the Jags. But they're still in first place of division. And we'll rebound from this loss, but I expected the Jags to win a game like this, especially late in the season. So this is, there is cause for concern on losing a game like this. There's no need to sound the alarm just yet. Like you mentioned, the Colts, the Texans, they're right on their heels. And they yeah. had a chance to really put some distance between them and really the Texans is their biggest threat. The Colts are in there. Nobody expects the Colts to really make a push. But the Texans, I mean, the Texans are really making some noise. I do got to disagree with you on one thing, Johnny. I The game was too close. The reason why they lost, and I know that you, I know we can say Lawrence got hurt. We can blame it on that. But ultimately, the score should have never been there before he got hurt. That, to me, is really the story there. Like, they, they should have been winning this game by two touchdowns before he got hurt. Jaguar should have come away with the win. This one could bite them in the long haul. So. That's been the case all season to where you expect the offense to explode. You expect the offense to go ahead and make some moves. And they're, they're stagnant at times. Right. And it's like they have all the weapons. They have the, the necessary. Their running back is outstanding. The receiving core is solid. They have a good young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. How the heck are they not putting up 40 points? on a relatively regular basis, especially against the Bengals. But, you know, we'll see what happens.
Those were our Florida teams, Johnny. Now, we did grab a handful of games this week that just happened, the top, probably top five games uh, of the week. Let's start with the Seahawks and Cowboys, Johnny, where the Cowboys win a thriller, 41 to 35. How'd you see this game? Uh, This was a great game to watch. Easily the best Thursday night football game of the year. Dak throws for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Very un-Dak-like. Gino, 334. And matched his three touchdown passes, but that one pick that he had, it hurt him. Still, great game to watch. And the type of football we want to watch. High scoring with not many penalties, no controversies, just a good game. The Seahawks actually became the, the team that I, I thought they were earlier in the season. But it was, just, it was close, but not close enough. Uh, they're a competitive football team. The Cowboys are just better. Kind of like you and I in the show that we have, you know, just close enough, but not there. Uh-huh. So look, folks, <laughs> here's the deal. 41 to 35. I called that the Cowboys would win this game. Uh, it, I wasn't expecting this high scoring. I will say that. But I find it really funny, Johnny. I find it funny how you grab Prescott's performance and you find a way to slap him. I just, I just, I caught that. How the guy had an MVP-like performance. 41 points. He was almost flawless in the fourth quarter. MVP-like performance. Give the man credit when it's due. It was a hell of a win for them. I could go into detail in the fourth quarter with three minutes left, but at the end of the day, they won the game. That's what matters most. Setting up for this week's game, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, Johnny, a game so bad that we have to talk about it. Chargers, they win six to nothing against the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this game, and and later on in the show, I'm going to talk. I'm going to respond to that that comment there you mentioned over. You want so much praise for beating the bad teams or teams who are not really in true contention. MVP. So MVP. I'll, I'll explain to you what my problem is MVP. there. But uh, with New England and, and the Chargers, and I know what you're thinking. You know why are we even discussing this game? I wonder because why. this implosion <laughs> is one for the record books. This is three straight games where the New England defense gives up 10 or less points and the team still loses. First time since like the 40s, since like they were playing in leather helmets. I mean, six to nothing. The Texas Rangers in baseball averaged six runs a game. This is embarrassing for most fans. But for me, I can tell you, I, I appreciate Bill listening to me and tanking. Right. This team can't loser. do anything and if even they got into the playoffs, they're going to lose. So lose big. But this is one of the worst football games I have ever seen. So Chris wants to go ahead and bash on me because I'm telling him about him and, and you know Tampa fans to where they just have to accept the fact that their team is not very good. I've accepted the fact. I went through the stages of grief with the New England Patriots. I went through denial at first. No, they're actually good. They're going to be good. I was then angry when I saw they weren't good and angry at the yeah, fact. It, and yeah, then finally yeah. came acceptance that, like, you know what? I accept what we are and fine. I'm going to look to the future and look through the benefits that come with it. But Tampa fans like Chris who want to hold on to, like, no, every year they're winning the Super Bowl. They're not. Tom Brady's not your team. You're not winning any Super Bowls. You're not winning Super Bowls. It's not happening. But this game was tragically bad. That's all we needed to talk about it. Okay, so once again, in John, you should be like either an attorney in a different world or like, because the way that you, listen, when you lose, you lose glorious and it's great. But when I win, it's not valid. It's not good enough. But anyways, look, folks, the no, victory. Now you get it. The, right. The victory snapped a three-game losing streak for the Los Angeles team, the Chargers there, and sent the Patriots to their fifth consecutive loss at 2-10. Yeah. You you know, you benched quarterback Mac Jones in favor of Zappi or Zapp, however you pronounce the name, but you still lost your fifth in a row, surrendered their second home shutout of the season. To your point, Johnny Cinco, it was the third 
third time in a row that the Patriots gave up 10 or fewer points and lost. That's crazy. They are the first team to do that since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals. Yeah, leather helmets. Damn. Zeppi's not the answer at quarterback. Your starting running back gets hurt. Just a trash game. Five straight L's for the first time since 1995, Johnny. Did you, for the New England pastrami's. How does that feel? Do you really think? How does that feel, And, and, it, and it's zappy, you jackass. It's, <laughs> and, but did you really still? I, I shouldn't even say it like that. Did, did New England fans really think that a guy with the last name of Zappy is going to go ahead and lead us to the promised land? Now, Mac Jones, I can understand. You're like, Joe, Mac Jones. This is a guy. That's, that's a sports name. He's going to go ahead and lead us to the promised land. Didn't work out. But Zappy? Zappy? What did Zappy? Well, I, I, honestly, Zappy, if in sports, should be playing hockey. But that's not a a, a football, not a, not a name that should be on the back of the most and that, prestigious and that, and football team in the United States, America's team, the New England <laughs> Patriots. Whatever. That's why you're losing. Uh, going to the most complete team in the AFC South, Johnny, the Texans. They step up. They beat the Broncos 22-17. to How did this one go? Man, it's another great game. And the Broncos' five-game win streak is over. Right. Now, Nico Collins with a career day, 191 yards receiving. And this Texas team will not go away. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward makes the game one interception in the end zone to win the game. When are these coaches going to learn to not have Russell Wilson throw the ball in the end zone? Yo, it doesn't bro. work out. It does not work out. So cut that out here. Uh, Russ had three picks on the day. And really, this is the first game this year. I can honestly say it's on Russ. Yeah. Um, he lost on this game. Yep. The Rook on the other side managed the game well. 274 yards passing, one touchdown, no picks. Look out, Jacksonville. This Texans team is not going away. Right. You took my thunder with uh, the Russell Wilson. <laughs> what happened there? That's exactly what I thought about, too. I'm like, here we go. The guy hasn't learned, and I guess the coach hasn't learned either. But uh, talking about Russell Wilson, Johnny, zero interceptions during the five-game win streak, right? Throws three uh, three today, two, uh, Derek, two by uh, Derek Stingley that picked up there. So great job yeah, by the Texas defense. Due. Yep. Philly, Johnny. Philly does not stick to the plan. They lose big. Game of the week to the they lose big. Eagles lose nineteen to forty two to the forty nine ers. How did now, this one go? Now, while everybody else was hyping up uh, uh, Philly, you and I both picked the Niners because yeah. we saw what you know real football people see. That is like, all right, they're not. It's gonna. It, this is not going to be close. The Niners are winning, yeah. but man, Eaten. this game started off competitive six and six three after the first. And then the Niners said enough of that, and they scored on six straight drives. They couldn't be stopped. They only punted the ball two times the entire game. This is how you win a tough game, Dallas, Dak Prescott. Winning a game like this (sighs) with all the pressure you can get. This is really the most pressure you can get from a regular season game. And then you stomp on a really good football team that is Philly. That's a statement. The Niners spent all the money to win. And it appears it's money well spent. I was impressed with every aspect of the Niners' play offensively, defensively, best in the conference. And defensively, they're really the top five defensively right now. This team shut a lot of people up, so you have to give credit when credit is due. Steal my lines. So, I listen, last week I said this, Johnny, and we both, you're right, we both picked the Niners, right? Even though the Eagles were at home, but I said the Eagles will get hurt looking ahead. And I was right. I wasn't expecting this type of a beatdown. My analysis on this is very simple. I've said this week after week after week. The Eagles stick to the game plan. They run the ball. Not in this one, man. Like in this one, I think it was like Hurts, the leading rusher with 20 yards. 
So you can start there as far as their woes. They were winning six to nothing at one point in the beginning, like you mentioned. And so run the ball. Stick to your plan. And they didn't do that here. So like you said, Johnny, they scored on six drives. Just a great, great win. I think I think it's fair to say at this point I have them at number one in the power rankings. What do you think? I mean, right now, yes. I mean, you have to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, closing it out here, the Packers, they show the league on Sunday night who they are, Johnny. They win 27 to 19. How'd this game go for you? Now, I did mention last week when we talked about it, now Chris and I both had the Chiefs win this game. But I said, listen, the Packers are playing their best football. And I said, the Packers could win this game. They could they could win this game. But I wasn't going to get into it because I thought the Chiefs, with the you know, having the, the refs on their side most of the time and certain things happening, I thought they weren't too. But what's, what's going on here was simple that – all of a sudden, the Green Bay Packers are 6-6. Six and six. They controlled this entire game. Love looked more like Mahomes than Mahomes did. Three touchdowns, no picks. But, you know, it, it was something... The Green Bay Packers are not going to go and win the division. The Detroit Lions have a stranglehold on this division. But they're really making a run for the wild card. And they're making... Jordan Love, I had given up. I wrote him off as a perennial backup. But uh, he shut me up. He shut a lot of people up. This Packers defense, they just confused Mahomes all game. 210 yards for Mahomes, one touchdown pick. Um, very impressive performance. And they're making the line sweat a little bit. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But props to the Packers who are playing their best football right now. It's funny you say Jordan Love shuts you up because I haven't seen him shut you up yet. You're still talking. But look, here's what really... <laughs> to the Packers. Yeah, yeah, here's what really happened. And by the way, I said this two, three weeks ago when I said pick up Love. He's safe to play back again. You remember about three weeks ago I said to pick him up? Mm-hmm. Yep, so tired of being right there. But the Packers, they really do have home field advantage at home. For a team trying to make the playoffs, Johnny, and come back at this point in the season, lots of credit to the Packers. The home field, they're solid. They're now 4-2 and two at home. It's a pretty good record in that division. So I'm so impressed with the turnaround. Listen to this. Winners now of three in a row, four of the last five. They have a sub-500 schedule remaining. So to your point, Johnny, the Packers really do have a chance of going into the playoffs. Chiefs now drop to the fourth seed in the AFC. Uh, don't look now, man, but Mahomes falls to three. He's two and three against the NFC opponents this season. So The Chiefs are going to be fine. Uh, it's just interesting in the uh, the NFC North where I had the uh, Lions win in the division uh, preseason. And I said, but, you know, the Packers are going to compete. The Packers are going to sneak in for, for a wild card. But the uh, Chris had Minnesota Vikings win in the division. That's just that's what I see of this whole it's still, conversation. It's still, we're still there. We're still there. Oh, oh the Vikings are still in there. Still yeah, there. no. Okay. <laughs> Listen, well, last week is done, and the greatness that is Johnny. Oh God, goes nine and four. Chris stays in his usual spot, second to me. Goes seven and six, barely over five hundred. You just won for the first time in like barely a month and a half. Barely over five hundred for the first time in a month that's, and a half. First of all, that's not. Okay. <laughs> what do you have to say? Congratulations. That's not, that's not accurate Congratulations. at all. Congratulations. Now, you shouldn't gamble, but for you degenerates that do, <laughs> stick with the guy that picks 70% correct for the season. Stick with the guy who refers to himself in the third person. Johnny won't steer you wrong. That's bad. So with week Jesus. 13 gone, week 13 staring at you in the face. Tell me your incorrect picks for this week, Chris, starting with a game that shouldn't be televised. Amazon needs to refund their subscribers this month for this game alone. The New England Patriots are actually playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I actually give a lot of credit to the NFL. Get the crap game out the way, right? Get it off, <laughs> get it started early. Patriots and Steelers, an ugly way to kick off Thursday Night Football. 
For the Steelers, the injuries have just piled on. Pickett, unfortunately, won't be there to throw to Pickens. Oh, yep, I still, God, I, still, I still have to throw it out there. Thank God for that. They are 4-3 and three at home. I can't believe they're 7-5 and five as far as the record. I see another low-scoring game where the Patriots score less than six points. Give me the Steelers to get to 8-5 and five when the dust settles in this one. I don't think Zappy, Zoopy, Zappy, whatever you want to call him, is the answer for the Bills and this pastrami team. It's the Patriots, not the Bills. But it's two horrible offenses, but one is an all-time bad offense. Steelers are winning this game. It's pretty obvious. Even with the struggles the Steelers are having, the Patriots are at an all-time low. They're going to ride that low all the way to the number one pick. What a loser mentality. And I said Bill and his pastrami team, by the way. Your coach. <laughs> That's what I said. Okay. The Tampa Bay Yacht Boys at Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, man. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, sir. This game should have been flexed uh, because it's just it's the for the NFC South, right? Winner here takes control of the NFC South. Atlanta is 4-2 and two at home. you got to respect them at home. So that said, the Bucs are still injured. I mentioned that earlier. Let me just throw out some quick names for you here. Devin White, Levante David, Jamel Dean, KJ Britt, all questionable, were questionable last week. Too many injuries for Tampa to overcome. That said, Johnny, give me the Bucs to bounce back, upset the Falcons at home, and win this one. I, I knew, Let's I go, knew, Tampa! I knew, I knew, hey! I knew you were going to do this. Let's go! It's like, I'm going to go ahead. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> like, he barely ever picks against the, the Bucs, but against a rival, there's no way. And it, yeah, you did that dumb thing that you do. Where <laughs> the, the Yacht Boys fooled me once earlier mm, this year. Fooled me once. Mm. And it couldn't beat a kicker. Oh. So, uh, you fooled me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Take your time. Take your time. Shame on anyone who roots for Tampa. Falcons win this game. You know it. I know it. It's happening. The Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. Yeah, man. The best team in the NFC North versus the worst team in the NFC North. Another game where Food Lion gets to play a losing team. You see where I'm going with this. As always, they just... They they find a way to have these games to be close games. And they're going to find a way. This is going to be a close game, Johnny. But they are going to find a way to win. Uh, Food Line beats another bad team. They get to 10-3. and three, And I'm pretty sure at 10-3 and three at this point, it's got to be some type of a record. They probably haven't been 10-3 and three in, I don't know, 20 years maybe? I don't think they've ever been 10-3. and three, yeah. But uh, Detroit <laughs> is the class of the division. The only real test for this team is the Packers. Um, this is going to be an easy one for Detroit. Don't overthink it. Hmm. Fields isn't going to go off. Nothing's happening here. Detroit Lions are winning this game. Hmm. The Indianapolis Colts. They're playing against Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. You guys, talk about a game that not many thought would matter at this point. I mean, that's really my first takeaway. You got a 7-5 and five and a 6-6 six and six Bengal team. And, and the Colts have so much to play for, man. So uh, the Bengals, although I'm certain they're not making the playoffs at 6-6, six and six, they would have you believing otherwise. Colts are an unprecedented 5-1 and one on the road. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, this, is, this is why I'm going to go undefeated, though. Mm. Give me the Bengals to beat the Colts. The Bengals are playing above their payroll at this point. So I, I get why you say that. The Browning kid, yeah. he surprised a lot of yep. people. Now, can he do it again? Mm-hmm. Now that there's a little tape, uh, unlikely. Okay, remember, Mayo Levis had a great game his first game, too, but then was adjusted to. I remember when you jumped all over him and said he was the next great I, thing. I, I, and, I didn't say and, he was the next great and, yeah, thing. I right. said I still feel he's oh, a my. legit uh, NFL QB. I didn't say he was the next oh, great my. thing there. Okay, anyway. 
Indianapolis will make the necessary adjustments, and they're going to win this game against the Bengals. The Jacksonville Jaguars at Cleveland Browns. Yeah, here's another game that last week you knew who was going to win this game, right? You knew who was winning. Uh, The Browns need to win, man, desperately to keep up in the AFC North. Joe Flacco did not play bad. I know I want to talk a little bit about that. He didn't play bad. He'll have a game under his belt. And I can't believe I'm saying this one either. But the Browns beat the Jaguars. Ultimately, I'm so high on Trevor Lawrence, Johnny. And the Jaguars without him? Prove me wrong, Jags. I don't think they have it in them. Listen, the, 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 see, you went against a team who's starting a quarterback called CJ. And I'm not going to do that. I did the same thing with the Texans. And the backup, he didn't play bad. He was 9 for 10. He didn't do too bad on that. He didn't have the opportunity. Cleveland has no offense. Flacco is back, like you mentioned. But this isn't Flacco from the Replacements movie. It's Joe, the most average QB of all time Flacco, who's 67 years old. Jacksonville's winning this game. Don't let anybody tell you different. The Carolina Panthers at New Orleans Saints. Uh, So far, the way that we're going in these games, I'm going to destroy this week. Mm -hmm. Panthers and Saints. Saints win. Everyone should know this. This is an easy one. The Panthers have nothing to play for other than draft picks, even though they don't have the first-round pick. Saints are playing like their playoff window is closing because, let's face it, it is. At 5-7, and seven, they have a really small margin for error. It is the NFC South showdown. So, again, I expect a competitive game for what it's worth. But I don't expect this one to be high-scoring either. Possible single-digit type of game. Give me the Saints to win, Johnny. Now, this game is competing for the turd of the week with New England and Pittsburgh. Right. Um, New Orleans wins this game since it's a home game. There's a better team than Carolina right now. Period, yeah. The Houston Texans at the New Jersey Jets. This is a head-scratcher for me, for all you Jet fans out there. I am not sure why Aaron Rodgers is trying to come back for Christmas. Uh, I'm not sure because when he comes back, the Jets are going to be in a 4-9 hole after this game. So why, why come back? The Jets at home means nothing. There's no home field advantage. The Texans and, I'll say it now, Rookie of the Year, C.J. Stroud, are too much to keep up with. The Texans, Johnny, they win big in this one. The 8-5 and five Texans after this, nobody believed we would be saying that at this point in the season. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. I don't care what the reports say. I don't care what's happening. He's not coming back. And Even if they were like in legit playoff contention, he's not coming back. And especially with the record they're going to have by the time he's ready, supposedly ready, right. it's, it's just idiotic. Roger Goodell's illegitimate son can't play and the rumors that the Jets are starting Wilson again for this game either way the Texans are winning this game the Los Angeles Rams playing at Baltimore Ravens yeah you gotta you know the Ravens are coming off a bye week so we'll start there Um, Rams are finally a 500 team they've worked their tail off to get there Uh, but it's only gonna last a week unfortunately uh, I said this before, and I'm going to stand by it based on their record, based on their standings. Uh, MVP candidate Lamar Jackson continues where he leaves off here. I don't see the Ravens losing at home fresh off the bye week, Johnny. I say the Ravens win by 10 at least. Uh, it's going to be a good game to watch. The Rams are too inconsistent. Ravens are at home. Like you mentioned, they're tough to beat at home. Right. The Ravens are winning this game. Don't overthink it. Minnesota Vikings at Las Vegas Raiders. Well, folks, I will never, ever, ever say that the Raiders are going to win. Ever. Even if there's a fire, I'm not saying that the Raiders are winning. That's how adamant I am. Uh, I want the Raiders to lose. I have a friend, Lorenzo. He's a Raiders fan. And for that reason and that reason alone, the Raiders are dead to me. That's just the way I feel about it. Now, jokes aside, I think that the coaching change has sizzled in Las Vegas. 
The Raiders are pretenders, not contenders. And the Vikings have more to play for. The Vikings, the ones that I picked at 6-6 six and six right now, you counted them out like you always have. They're going to be 7-6 and six after this one. Give me the Vikings to win. The Vikings are 4-2 and two on the road. They travel well. Jefferson's back in this game. Now, can that be enough to win against this scrappy Raiders team? Dobbs hasn't practiced much with Jefferson, and the Raiders are home. Now, both teams are coming off a bye week. Game can go either way. Give me the Vikings to win a surprisingly tough matchup. Why can't you just say, Christian, you're right. I'm, you know, just just say that. Start there. Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. Woo! What can I say about this game, folks? I've been, and if you're a Seahawks fan, I apologize. I've been so hard on the Seahawks and Johnny here over the last four or five weeks. Now you're a 500 team, like I said you would be. And now you're playing the 49ers, man. What, what do you want me to tell you? You know, I, I don't see the 49ers cooling down at home. The Johnny Seahawks continue their path to mediocrity. Um, it may be a good game to watch. Maybe they sling it well like they did last week. But uh, still, the 49ers are going to win. It's funny because after breaking the three-game losing streak, folks, Brock Purdy has been the hottest quarterback in the league. Another MVP candidate. You're going to hear that a lot from as we get closer to the season finishing up. Yeah. 49ers win this one. Was in San Francisco handled this team in Seattle, where I picked Seattle. And I was like, no, Seattle, they're, they're, if, they sh- if they showed up like they showed up against the Cowboys, they probably had a good chance to win that game. But now this team faces San Francisco at home. San Francisco's winning this game. They handled them in Seattle, which is tough to play for any visiting team. San Francisco's going to win this game at home. A lot of great games this week. Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. This, folks, is a gut check game. Bills fans, Bills Mafia, don't tell me you expected to be 6-6 six and six right now because nobody did, and I know you didn't either. The Bills have shown that they are not contenders. I've come to the to the reality that this is just where we are right now. They are not contenders. You mean what I said weeks ago? The, the Chiefs, Johnny, have showed last week that they still have problems on offense. So you have to, you know, we have to put that into account. Mm-hmm. A desperate, desperate Bills team in a must-win game. For me, folks, if you're still having any hopes from the Bills, their playoffs basically start now. Give me the Bills to win. They're in desperate mode. They get to 7-6 and six over the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, Buffalo needs this win. Oh, yeah. Needs it bad. No doubt. I count them out after their last loss. Though. I said that already. I said they needed the win against the Eagles. I said they needed the win. They cannot afford to lose. They lost too many games they should have won. And they still lost. They are coming off of a bye week. So that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Kansas City just lost. They just lost a game pretty convincingly to the Packers. I mean, the Packers controlled that game. Here's the problem. Kansas City hasn't lost two straight games in about four years. So you're expecting the Bills, who had every opportunity to win against the the, uh, the Eagles, and they lost. They're not going to go ahead and beat this Kansas City team. Kansas City at home is winning this game. The... Denver Broncos at Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, folks, Florida Man Sports Podcast. I know I got a lot of ground to cover here, but I've won like three out of the last four, so I'm going undefeated this week. So listen, listen to my advice. These are I'm fake going numbers. Undefeated. I'm going not, undefeated. Not accurate at all. That's just like you're 70%. That is accurate, Broncos, actually. Chargers. Talk about two head-scratching teams. Both are playing desperate football at this point, five and seven and six and six. When this one is over, one coach will be fired. 
Give me the Broncos to win in Sophie Stadium, beating the uh, I, I would say I would say easily maybe maybe two touchdowns. That's my prediction. Listen, Denver, they get things back on track, and they beat the worst coach team in football. The Denver Broncos are a good team. Not great. They're a good team. The Chargers have all the potential in the world, but they have the worst coach in the world. It's not happening. Broncos are beating the Chargers. Philadelphia Eagles. Here we go. Stop copying me. Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas Cowboys. Who you got? Yeah, game of the freaking week, man. Um, I'm going to beat this one to the ground. Dem boys have yet to beat a team with a winning record. What? It is unbelievable. You're a nine and three, and you have yet to beat someone with a winning record. Now, they are six and zero at home. This is like, this is why I said last week that I feel like the Eagles were kind of like bypassing this last week's game, thinking about this one, because the Cowboys are six and zero at home. Johnny had the Eagles, and I picked the Cowboys to win the division. Right? Is that fair? That's correct. Okay. The Eagles dropped two in a row, and the Cowboys went at home. They shocked the NFL. MVP hopeful Dak Prescott does it again, folks. Them boys, they went at home. If Dak Prescott wins the MVP, I'll stop watching football because this is ridiculous. <laughs> you got you lost your damn mind. What San Francisco I'm say that's the bit of a- <laughs> San Francisco did to Philadelphia was a statement. Similar statements was made when San Francisco faced the Cowboys earlier this year sure. to prove they are legit. Them boys, they need a dominant performance. They are not capable of such performance against this legit Super Bowl contender. San Francisco is going to win this game. Are you kidding me? That Prescott is going to throw at least two picks. If you you need look, go back, look at tape, figure it out. Well, it's, These, it's the, the Eagles, not this. Them boys... They, they can't compete against real contenders. San Francisco's a real contender, and they got destroyed. Now they're coming against the Eagles, and you think he, somehow he's going to go ahead and do this? You've lost your damn mind. <laughs> uh, so you're taking the Eagles then. Okay, I got it. I got yeah, I, it, you, okay. it wasn't clear right, enough right. for you. I mean, I don't know. You're talking about the enough. Niners. I got confused. Yeah, because I'm, I'm making it clear to oh, you okay. that what that game. Crystal, it, crystal. Yeah, you guys know what it is? <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yes. At Miami Dolphins. So, it is crazy to think that the Dolphins get an extra bye week. That should be illegal. I hate when you say that. Roger Goodell. Every time you say that, it should be loses. illegal. The Titans are 0-6 on the road, Johnny. An easy, easy schedule for this Dolphins team. Oh, man. You know it and I know it. They're undefeated at Hard Rock Stadium this year. Just They play great over there just the way that it is. Uh, just get out of this one healthy. That's my message for the Dolphin fans. This is Florida Man Sports Podcast. And, and the analytics that I... This is why you listen, right? Because Johnny just goes on his rants. But I give you the <laughs> analytics that you want to hear. Yes, I want to Oh, it is what it is. I'm going to tell you right now. Game 13 the- is where Tua stops year after year. Knock on wood. So just get out of this game healthy. Let me see game 14. Dolphins win big. Just get healthy. Everybody, everybody. Running back, secondary, everybody. Just be healthy after this one. Dolphins win. Every time... I have the Dolphins win this game. Everybody does. But every time Chris references a team as a bye week... The the, the 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 favorite loses, okay? The last time he did this was with the Cowboys and Cardinals. Like, oh, they have a bye week. I like that, and they lost. So now I'm worried. I'm glad you're listening. Like, I'm glad you're listening. The, uh, Miami is going to – I had already predicted they're going to light up the scoreboard. 
Hill will continue his push for the MVP, the real MVP of this year. Miami should win easily, but now I'm worried because of what Chris said. <laughs> the okay. Green Bay Packers at New Jersey Giants. This, what what maybe two weeks ago, or maybe three weeks ago, I should say, was going to be probably a boring game for you to bypass, has just become a great Monday night football showdown. Great Monday night football. Oh, absolutely. Packers okay. are playing a great football as Correct. of late. Yes. And you've got the Giants, who are just winners of two in a row. De- okay. DeVito has earned the starting job. The coach confirmed that he will be starting this week, even though Taylor's back from injured from injury. And so it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I, I believe. And uh, But I still think that the Packers, they're still the better team. So give me the Packers to win at MetLife Stadium. This is not going to be a great game. One team is playing their best football all year. The other is the New Jersey Giants. Packers are winning that. easily. This isn't a thing. DeVito has been playing well. He's had a bye week, the Giants did. But no. Packers are going to win this. They're going to win it easily. Wow. Listen, folks, those are the picks. There's a lot of great games this week, Johnny. I'm so excited for this week to start. Uh, but also, in fantasy world, shifting gears here, we've got a lot of a lot of people making the playoffs, a lot of people missing the playoffs because they didn't win last week. I don't know who, but point being, Johnny, the people that are still in it, the waiver wire's here now more than ever. Let's give the people what they want. Who do you have as the must-grab waiver wire pick this week before the playoffs start? Now, I don't know what situation you're in, um, but right now I think you really have to consider uh, Jake Browning. The kid is accurate. Oh, my. And they will throw, and they're going to throw a lot against the Colts. He gave you 28.6 points last week. Look for 20 plus points against a weak Colts secondary. But I want to do a quick little PSA. If you're out of the playoffs, don't pick up anybody in the waivers. If you are out, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and most people are coming into their last week of the regular season. Don't pick anybody up. Leave it for the players that are actually going in the playoffs. That is so frustrating when you want to pick up a player and you and you miss out on somebody else. That's fine. It happens. But when you miss out to somebody who's not even in the damn playoffs, like what are you doing? Like your season's over. It's over. Make sure you, you be responsible and fill your spots and fill your roster. Any bye weeks, things of that nature, go right ahead and, and handle. Unless it's that. But don't pick up any prime waiver guys or any waiver wire guys unless you absolutely have to. And if you do, pick up a dud because your season's over. It's done. It's frustrating. But this week, Jake Brownin is the best waiver wire acquisition. The, there's so many ways that I can go with this. It's so infuriating to me sometimes the way that you do things. And, and so I, I don't know where to start, but I guess we'll just start here. Number one, mm-hmm. what horrible advice. What a loser's advice. Listen, you may be playing somebody that you want to beat for pride. Pride is pride. You set up your lineup. You pick up people. You do you. And you win as many games as you can win in the other, not the, the playoff ladder, but the other ladder. Consolation ladder, if you will. So that's yeah, nobody ridiculous. cares about the consolation That's ridiculous. Nobody cares about it. Don't listen to Cinco. Do your lineups. Secondly, how asinine is this? This guy picks the team to lose, but says, hey, you go ahead and pick up the quarterback. This isn't win or loss. You don't get extra I said for this. I said the exact same thing three weeks ago, and Johnny Cinco blows me up. Oh, you picked a, a Dif- loser team. Different but, situation. Yeah. Oh, di- oh, it's different. Okay. Because yeah. oh. you picked up Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett is, as oh, proven God. to be any offensive. He's offensively yeah, challenged. Horrible. Horrible. Anyways, all right. So that's who you pick. For me, folks, you, you'll never go wrong with me unless there's an injury. I've proven that time and time and time again. Unless there's an injury, I'm a home run hitter. And I actually, I've got two for you because I know our listeners are oh, listening to my. Oh, two. Yes, because they're listening to, to, to the facts here. So I've got two for you that you got to have in. Let's start with Elijah Moore. 
a wide receiver for the Cleveland for the Cleveland Browns. Excuse me. He right now this week is going to be wide receiver one status. He's played with Flacco in the Jets. There's history there. He's rostered in 34% of ESPN leagues. Let me give you some some good stats here. Seven, seven, and nine. Those are the amount of throws thrown his way over the last three weeks. Last week, though, this last week, excuse me, 12 targets by Flacco. Tells you all you need to know. He is a must. Pick him up if you need him, even if you're not in the playoffs. Pick him up. Start him. He's going to pay good dividends this week against the Jaguars because the Jaguars are getting lit up when it comes to defense and in the wide receivers. Second option I have for you, Johnny, Noah Brown, Houston Texans. Tank Dell got hurt. If you watch that game, the guy got carted off, I believe. Noah Brown is the next man up. Tough matchup this week, but you still may want to pick him up if you can. He's rostered in 34% of ESPN uh, leagues. Big, big believer in next man up mentality. You're welcome. Two people to pick up, Johnny. Okay, Chris, whatever you say, we'll, we'll go with what you're saying on that. Now, what's we, my record in fantasy? I don't know. You, okay. you know your. I don't. I don't keep up with no, your own record. No, Nobody cares. Number one. Number one team. Number one team, baby. Number one team. That's what it's like. <laughs> keep jinxing yourself, there, kid. <laughs> Chris, we uh, we always discuss the professional teams and sports our listeners care about, but we can't move on to the NBA no. without discussing a little bit of college football. The powers that have this already decided on the top four teams to compete in the college football playoffs the national championship now we know who the four teams are and we know which team is a bit disgruntled about being left out for a chance what's your take on this whole thing well for starters this is the one avenue johnny i have to give you i I destroy you and everything else but i do know your college football is a little bit better than mine Uh, i say that because i am very frustrated Uh, i'll tell you why i'm frustrated this is what's wrong with college sports what happened to any team having a shot to win a national champion? What happened to that? What happened to a team going undefeated and having a legitimate shot? It's an honest question, right? You got a Power 5 team in the ACC, Power 5 conference, goes undefeated. The QB gets hurt, and so you judge them and you vote them to not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Is this figure skating? Like, like Honestly, is it a figure skating where you have to vote? Oh, you have to vote people in and out? That's, that's really what it is. And, and, you know, what world are we in? That we have to defend a power conference that's undefeated, have people vote, decide, a team that was ranked eighth, that that just, it's so ridiculous, right? Can somehow jump into the top four. It makes me sick to my stomach. I can't wait for next year. It makes college football be unwatchable. And I promise you, the ratings are going to hurt. Watch and see. That's a bunch of nonsense. Watch and see. Let's take a look at the uh, top four teams competing for a national Mm. title. Michigan. 13 Cheaters. And 0. 13. Cheaters. Cheaters. Michigan, 13-0. Cheaters. Conference champs. Coach suspended. Cheating. Next. Washington, 13-0. Conference champs. Can't spell Washington. Don't care. <laughs> Texas, 12-1. Conference champs. That's Texas. That's fine. Alabama. Conference champs, also 12-1. That's B-S. And the team that everybody's crying about, Florida State, 13-0. Conference champs. Can I say one last thing before you, you say? Because sure, you, know, you, know, you know a lot more about this than I go do. Ahead. And I'm just very passionate when it comes to our Florida teams. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm so adamant about this. But ultimately, Johnny, and I, and I do want to hear your take on this. Why in the world do you have a team ranked eighth? If you're going to go ahead, if they win and do this, then why not put them at five? Put them at six, right? Since you're already voting to rank them. No, no. They're, they're right now. They're the num- they're, that's why they're there. And Florida's number five right now. What I'm saying is last week they were eighth, not Florida, the, the, um, Al- uh, the Alabama, excuse me. They were eighth. So they catapulted from eighth to four. 
So my thing is this. Why not have them, if you're so adamant, why not have them at six? Why not have them at five, right? Well, I'll, it, I'll explain it. I, I get what you're saying there, yeah. but I get with the frustration for a lot of, you know, uh, Florida State fans. This is the first time an undefeated conference champion Power 5 team did not make the college football playoffs. So what happened? Okay, let's start with their schedule. And for you half-wits out there that just think, but we won all our games. Is that what I said? Um, Okay, well, the shoe fits, I guess. (laughs) FSU played one ranked team all year before their conference championship. In week one, they played number 13 LSU. That's it. That's the only ranked team they played for the duration of their regular season. And for their championship game, they played number 16, Louisville. Not exactly a powerhouse. You give yourself a cupcake schedule and barely win a lot of these games. They barely won a lot of these games. And you pound your chest and say, I'm undefeated. Not to mention your entire offense, your number one QB went out for the rest of the year with injury. The college football committee didn't want to see another TCU situation and have a blowout loss in the playoffs, which definitely would have happened starting their two or three uh, uh, ranked QB. FSU gave themselves an easy schedule and they lost. They lost their best, most important player, case closed. Michigan. They won their conference, Cheated. and they beat Ohio State and Penn State, ranked 7 and 10 respectively. Washington beat Oregon twice. Oregon State, USC, Texas beat Alabama in Week 2. They they lost to Oklahoma, who was the 12th ranked team, a good team, Week 6. But then they go ahead and beat Oklahoma State, another ranked team. Alabama lost to number 3 ranked Texas in Week 2 early, and then they beat Ole Miss, Tennessee, LSU and the number one team of the country. This team, if you want to say that, Georgia was ranked number one the entire year. The entire year, the committee saw them as the best football team, and Alabama went in and handled their business and beat them and won the SEC. You know, FSU can shut everybody up and they can dominate and beat Georgia in their bowl game, but they won't. They are going mm. to get crushed. And the committee will be proven right. So you're saying that one of the reasons why they did this is because they don't want another blowout in the playoffs, and they're trying to prevent that. That's that's your argument that's, as to why. That's the part of it. That's that's right. that part of it. Listen, on earlier seasons, if this was another season to where it wasn't so competitive, they could have gotten away with being a top four team um, with that cupcake schedule that they gave themselves there. But they did it, and other teams had a tougher schedule, and they did what they needed to do. That That's kind of in, in between the lines because for you to have a tough schedule, other teams have to win. In other words, you're almost blaming them that they played teams that were ranked at one point, and maybe they lost and they weren't ranked. And so you're kind, of, puni- yeah, but you're kind of punishing them for that. It's kind of ridiculous. But I'm going to give you a name real quick. Cordell Jones out of Ohio State. Okay. Cordell Jones out of Ohio State. His first game was in the Big Ten Championship. They play Alabama. His second start. They beat Bama, and they go on their way to win a national championship. Okay. That's just an example of a of a guy who wasn't supposed to play, but because of injuries, Cornell Jones, Ohio State, goes, wins the championship, wins in the playoffs, and now you're preventing that from happening again. Shame on you, committee, for your figure you're, skating you're, votes. You're, 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 you can talk about Haskins with Ohio State, like you mentioned that's on there. The greatest one of all time, which everybody knows, is Tua. Tua comes in for Hurts. So Hurts... 
couldn't do anything in the national championship game. And then the freshman comes in the second half and just lights up and wins the national championship for your team right, in the you're second half. And you're preventing Florida State from having that so, kind of story. So we, what, that's, this is not what that is. Because we're talking about FSU. You, we had a chance to see what the FSU offense looks like without their number one QB. And it's half. H- half the offensive production. They took that team against Louisville, who's not very great. They're, they're ranked up to 19. They were there. But they barely won that game against Louisville with their third string QB. You, what do you think is going to happen against Texas or Michigan are you kidding me? Like, it's not, it's, there, it was going to be a blowout. They did everybody a favor. The only ones complaining and crying about it are FSU fans who are like, we went undefeated. Play better teams. You can create your own schedule. Don't play Northern Alabama. Play Alabama. Play Alabama uh, in, the, in the regular season. But you don't. You played one ranked team the entire year, week one. And you thought, okay, hey, week one, we're playing LSU. When every team is at their weakest, I played them, and we beat them. We beat them. Yeah, okay, congratulations. You got what you deserve. Seminole fans, do what UCF did a couple years ago. Crown yourself champions. I'll buy the T-shirt. Florida Man Sports (laughs) Podcast. Bam. Okay, Chris, you're wrong once again. But this is one of the fewer times you actually called it right. It is very early in the NBA season. Please talk to me. About the Orlando Magic <laughs> and the Miami Heat. I always find a way to backslap me into a compliment. <laughs> Look, folks, we're, we're 20 games in, talking about the NBA and the Orlando Magic. And all I need you to do, Johnny Cinco, catch your breath after that rant, one. But two, all I need you to do is acknowledge that I was right. In front of, look, in front of the millions of people that are listening to this podcast, 20 games in, the puns, the commentators, the power rankings, they're all backpedaling, except Johnny Cinco. They're all apologizing. They're sending me fan mail, apologizing. You're right. But everyone, except for you. So I want you to start, Johnny. Start with, hey, Christian, you're right. I'm wrong. I should not have doubted you, Christian, and your greatness, something along those lines. Okay. So so I'll let you go first this time. Do you want to acknowledge the greatness that I am in calling the Orlando Magic okay, one, winners? I need to remind you and anybody listening that... We're like 20, not less than 20 games into the 20 season. Games, 20 games. Okay. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> and and you guys don't know Chris like I don't. I've known Chris you know, most of my life. And Chris has called the Magic to win a championship every year. So excuse me. Jordan. Excuse me that all of a sudden now this year, okay, they put together a decent team, but it's still early. It's not going to finish. The Orlando Magic are currently in the, the two position, and the, the Heat are what, the seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you want to go ahead and think that, okay, you want to you pull a Donald Trump, be like, hey, close, close, it's done, it's done, we won, we won. I'm like, no, let the whole thing yeah. finish out and see how it kind of plays out. But this is an anomaly. This is a an complete anomaly. anomaly. You know, when I think of the Orlando Magic, let me see, let me see if you, a couple, I'm thinking of, you know, I like to have my names and certain things in place. Oh. So, uh, do you do you know, I'm going to give you, just bear with me here, Chris. Jesus. Um. You know that when a couple things when you take a dump, okay, and um, you there. and you wipe and there's nothing there. Do you know what that's called? It's called a Johnny. No, when there's nothing there, it's called a Teflon turd. It's like, whoa, okay, there. Secondly, you know when you take a dump 
and you take a dump and it, and then you go and it's there's nothing in the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, it, it just went in. That's difficult to go ahead and take a dump and it just one solid turd and it goes into the hole, disappears. That's called a hole in one. Fifteen people just stop streaming right now. That's a after, hole. After that's your, what that's you're called saying. the hole in one. Okay. That's no. They, they will say like, oh, that happened to me. Well, oh. that, I'll give you the name for it. It's a hole in one. Mm. So that's that's difficult. Mm. Now, when both things combined. When both of those combine, which is a rare occurrence, it's rare. It's the rarest thing on earth. More rare than Haley's comment. More rare than Chris eating a salad. Mm. It is something that's Very so good. rare. You know what that's called, Chris? When both of those things combine into one. A Johnny single. No. What? It's called a spooky dookie. <laughs> a, where where, where are you going with this? So, Get bear, to with, bear with me. Oh, my God. So, that's what the Orlando Magic oh is. God. The Orlando Magic, the new names are Orlando Spooky Dookies. It's like, they're just, it's so, like, it doesn't happen. It rarely ever happens. I cannot believe it. It happens where, like, oh, you go ahead and you drop a deuce and you go to wipe and it's nothing there. And you go and see, there's nothing in the toilet just, bowl. Just, Did I actually drop a deuce? And that's what I think of. Like, is, are the Orlando Magic actually. In second place, actually competing and really just dominating a lot of the the East Eastern Conference, I cannot believe it. Just when Orlando I thought, Spooky Dookies. Just when I thought your IQ couldn't be any lower, you just never cease to amaze me. And I regret the fact that I asked you to go first. Listen, folks, the, here's 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 the truth. Here's the truth. Jokes aside, Orlando is playing well, and Absolutely. I'm always gonna say the truth. And the truth is, to Johnny's point before the rant. Is that it is early. It is early. And you know what, though? Because I know the NBA like the back of my hand. When it is early, I'm glad you packed on those wins. Because guess what? You're going to go through some losing weeks, right? You're going to go through four or five games losing. So you need to kind of pack on the wins early. So mission accomplished. That's the real the real story for me here, okay? Now, truth is, Magic fans, Wendell Carter is not back. Markel Fultz is still out. We need to learn to win with our starters. And so that's the first challenge that I have. If you're listening to the, the Orlando Magic here at the Florida Man Sports Podcast, I'm always going to give it to you straight. We got to learn how to win with those guys when they come back. And we got to improve our three-point range. It's still low. We got to improve on that. We are going to fizzle out in the next two months. I just need them to maintain, be around four or five, which is what I said, four or fifth, fifth seed in the East. So that's exactly where we are so far. Here's something that I think you're going to find very interesting, Johnny, just because I'm always pulling up the stats, you know, doing my job. Yes. When it comes to stats on offense, defense, assists, blocks, steals, and three-pointers, let's talk about the players for one second. Okay. Not one Orlando (laughs) Magic player in any of those categories. It's pretty scary. When you look at our record, not one player is offensive leader top five, uh, defensive rebounds top five, top five in blocks, top five in assists. Uh, top five in three-pointers or top five in steals. Not one Magic player. I think that's pretty crazy. And and I want to get your take on this. Watch this one. As a team, as a team, the Orlando Magic is not top five offensively, defensively points allowed, field goal percentage, rebounds, point differential, or blocks. So the Magic have the record that they have, but we don't have any team, the team or players in any top five category this year. That's pretty crazy. I see it more as a, as a positive. I know that you want to sit here and say that okay, it is crazy, yeah. but it's what I expected. I, I didn't expect them to to lead those categories. Really, I didn't see anybody on there that could do that. Right. The fact that they 
did what I thought they were going to do and still be number two in the Eastern Conference. It's something to where I'm like, no, that's a testament to good coaching. That's a testament to just really hard playing and good players, good young talent. It's something you've been saying since preseason, but you've been saying really for 20 years. So (laughs) the Orlando Spooky Dookies are really... Just surprising everyone. This is this is, everybody gets surprised and respect to them except me. This is this is why I say, folks, Florida Man Sports Podcast. You're going to get two different views from two different Florida men. So I actually welcome whatever spooky, whatever the hell that was. And and, and like I said, something to look forward to. Thirty five percent from free throw range. I want you to be at thirty eight to forty. Hopefully, we can get there. But let me ask you this question, Johnny. Uh huh. Based on that, nobody in top five. Blah blah. It's a yes or no question. Does Orlando need to make a trade at this point? Why would you make a trade? So Orlando, you had mentioned, you've been saying, you said since like uh, before the season started, to where how they have the, they need cap space. They're going to get the cap space next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have a good young core. They're not they're just not spending any money on right. this team. Right, right. And so next year is the year to go ahead and spend some money. So why the heck you you you're not spending any money? And you're number two in, in the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. The ownership is ecstatic. This is what they always want to do. Now, you know my take. You know how I, my rants on the Tampa Bay Rays and baseball and how they had a good young team. They need to go and spend some money and do something else here. But this is not the year. It's not baseball. For, it's different, too. It's yeah, not, it's yeah. not the year yeah. for, for Orlando to go ahead and spend the money or do anything. There's no real premier free agents or anything in place that's going to go ahead. Once you get to where you want to get to, you need that player to push you to the championship level. Right. This year, Orlando, even me, who is a a, a pessimist, and Chris, who's the optimist, you know, both of us don't see Orlando winning the championship this year. So, so (laughs) if you're not going to, just hold your horses and prepare yourself to actually go ahead and win that chip well sometimes and, and so by the way that was the yes or no thank you for that no appreciate that <laughs> but you, you know it's it's funny because even though you are or you're not playing for a championship some teams do have to make trades and i will agree with yes. you for me it's a no or it doesn't need to make one right now it doesn't mean they won't win a championship but I just don't think that uh the cap space and the way that they're playing means you need to have somebody but i bring that question up because miami as they stand right now Hold on. Before we get to Miami, do you yeah. think Orlando needs to make a trade? No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think so either. That, that's why I was shifting to Miami because uh, I agree with your point too, right? Like at the end of the day, they're playing good enough to them where they don't need a trade. And and they want to see what this team is going to do before they make a splash next year, right? Correct. So we're on the same page there. But talking about Miami, 5-5 five and five over the last 10. They're the seventh seed as of this recording, like I said they would be. They're a team that didn't make trades, didn't make moves because of the whole Lillard thing, remember? Yeah. So now they're 5-5, five and 7th five, seed. Should they make a trade? Yes or no? Now, this is not because of their position. Okay. Because it's early on, it's something else. But Miami, they obviously need to make a trade, make something, because they have a competitive team. They have a team that went to the finals last year. You can't take the exact same team. Every year, unless Michael Jordan's not in your team, unless you have Shaq and Kobe, I was gonna say, yeah, no, so it's not gonna happen there. So, for me, the Heat need to make one move, and for me, the the best move to make is the Mar the Rosen. Oh, wow, the Rosen was the chief chip sent to San Antonio in a deal that brought Kawhi Leonard to Toronto. The, The Raptors went on to win a championship with Leonard, we all know this. Now, DeRozan didn't 
get a chance to play for a title. Now, Eric Spolstra could want nothing more than to make this happen. A Miami Heat trade for DeRozan would bring the coach the versatile, high-scoring power forward he is lacking. 21.5 points, 5 five, uh, assists a game. DeRozan is in his final year of a three-year, $82 million contract he signed in Chicago, making him a, a, a potentially perfect fit. Yeah. You know, uh, they're, they're not seeking to add more money to their future ledger. It's one year. It's not a whole lot of money. I don't think you can overestimate how much it hurt this kid to get traded away from a team where he was in Toronto that was right there, a competitive spot in the East. Then you get dealt, and you watch your replacement do the thing you could not do for the team you were on. He had to watch Leonard get them to the finals and win it. Of course, he wants this. He's ready. And then with the Heat, it'll be a perfect fit. So, it, it's funny. You and I, we're always going at it, man. And um, I got to tell you, I didn't know who you were going to pick. I have a trade here that I lined up. And I actually have the trade of how it would happen. And guess who it is? It's DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> we're both on the same page. I, I'll trust you that. That's, that's We're both on the same page. And we both agree. Now, for me, I actually went a little further. And I've got the trade. So, I've got DeRozan going to Miami. Because we got to make the cap space work. Of course. Kyle Lowry's got one year left. So one year for one year, $29 million. And they're not just going to take Kyle Lowry straight up for DeRozan. We know that. So you're going to give up Miami the chip that he's not getting any playing time. You're going to give up Nikola Jovic. He's, he's, he, you're not playing yeah. him, right? He just came from the World Cup. He's frustrated. I think that's the perfect, perfect move. You give Jovic a chance, which he deserves. Kyle Lowry still gets to, to play for a team significant minutes. He probably end up getting released, probably. That's the way that it works. But uh, to your point, Johnny, I think DeRozan is the missing piece in Miami. You get one year, because let's face it, they're playing for one year. They get healthy. They come back. Heroes healthy. They come back. And you get a chance to play some playoff basketball without having to give up everything you would have given up for Lillard. So I think it's funny that we're both on the same page there. Hopefully they make that happen. I mean, I hope so. At the end of the day, it comes down to what Chicago wants mm -hmm. uh, and what Chicago ends up doing. Because if Chicago's in the mix of it and they're actually seriously competing for uh, – they're in the 5, 6 seed or something like that, 3 seed, which I don't expect nobody really does, then I can see them saying, no, we're going to hold on to them. But if they don't win, they don't do what they need to do, I can see them making a move. But – some teams get a little delirious. They start thinking they, that they're going to go ahead and get Give me a number one pick. No, no I'm not playing that game. It's not happening. But yeah. they could push. They could see how Miami is desperate so, you know, to get that, that missing piece. They miss out on Lillard. They can try. But no. So, yeah. at the end of the day, those two players you mentioned – uh, plus a number two, I think, is worth it. Yeah, one or two. And, I'll throw two second-round picks in there. So, okay. so, so a, one second-round pick, in my opinion, plus, you know, uh, those two players you mentioned there with, with Djokovic and, and um, Lowry. To make the money So, worth. Lowry can go back to his team he started his career with in the Raptors and figure it all out there. <laughs> well, with Chicago, and Chicago can trade him to the Raptors. And we can yeah, because probably if Chicago made the trade, they'd just release him, let him go to a playoff team. So, he'd be fine, too. So, I think that kind of works out. But, but again, that's, that's what we're going to see for Miami, hopefully, so that they can actually do something this year. So, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. I've been calling it right, and I've been right. I've said Orlando is going to be, and I'm sticking to that, fourth, fifth. Miami is going to be sixth, seventh. Where do you see Miami now? What, what, where, where, in Orlando, for that matter, where are your rankings? At the end of the day, yeah, I've been living in Central Florida too long mm. to go ahead and think that the Orlando Magic are going to be anywhere but the number eight seed. Wow, you're so Miami Heat. I'm giving you a chance Miami, to, to Mi redeem yourself. I, I, Miami Heat at eight seed still gets you in. 
So they still have a chance there. Listen, the, the Magic are playing some great ball, and I appreciate what they're doing. But I am a pessimist. <laughs> Let the optimists over there tell you how the Magic are going to go ahead and just dominate and do what they're going to do. For me, I'm just, whether it's an injury, whether it's just the, 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 the chemistry wears out, I don't know what's going to happen. But the Orlando Magic don't seem to really win, especially with a young talent. Boncaro's our number one guy. Can he lead our team to a top five seed? I don't think he can. I don't think it's too early. I think we're missing that one piece. And that one piece that we're missing, we're going to get next year when we have the cap space, that superstar. I don't think it's going to be Brown. But if we add that one extra piece to it's the Magic, yeah, then we'll be there. legit. Absolutely. That's always, always been. That's how it's always been worked out for the Magic. When we had our great runs, is because we picked up those key pieces that we needed. They picked up. They had, of course, Shaq. And Penny. But what they need, they needed Horace Grant. They picked him up and they brought him to the elite level. So now, who are we getting? The Magic are not going to spend any money this year. So next year, who are we getting? Who are the Orlando Magic getting to really bring us to that championship level? I don't know. Uh, off off the record, earlier you were saying that we needed Ben Simmons. And I was like, man, the guy the, the guy that just freaking... Ben Simmons? Yeah, the, he, I know I know he yeah. had a sim, similar procedure than what you did, so that's probably why you were thinking that's about it. That's what him. I did? Yeah. 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 <laughs> got that, he got what? that epidural. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ben Simmons, man. I've never seen a fall uh, as big in the NBA as... Ben. I mean, there's players who were number one seeds that were, you know, had potential, but it's all potential. But you saw Ben Simmons that was like legit, legit good all-star, mm-hmm. you know, this amazing player... And then just get called out by some fans, called out by some teams, and just so so a weak mentality and just crumble apart. Now needs an epidural. That's not a big surprise that Ben Simmons needs an epidural. That, that's what happens. You play the magic because he literally played the magic, and then after playing the magic, he got the epidural. Don't play the magic. That's what happens. That's the lesson there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gents, as always, this is the Florida Man Sports Podcast. We're so happy that you tuned in. Uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. There's just so much great football up ahead as we get the fantasy playoffs going in and as we get deeper into basketball. As always, he's Johnny. I'm Christian. Hey, yo. We're out. <laughs>